Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. The preaching of the Word today. You're saved by the foolishness of preaching. And sometimes I look a little foolish standing behind this pulpit, but uh, I do feel that the Lord has given a word to us, and I hope I can deliver it as He has given it to me. Matthew 25. Jesus speaks in parables, and he gives us one of the most familiar parables in the Word of God, that when I begin to read, you'll automatically begin to make, you'll begin to assume what I'm going to preach, and that's okay. But with the help of the Lord, I hope to put a spin on this that we will glean from for days to come. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto Everybody say ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, I've read this, Brother Paul, I don't even know dozens and dozens of times, but I don't know that it's ever kind of leapt off of Scripture like it did last night. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. All of them, wise and foolish, went to sleep. Wise and, wise and foolish slumbered. And slept. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all of the virgins arose. Trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise. Give us of your oil. For our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered saying. Not so. Lest there not be enough for us and you. But go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered. For you know neither the day. Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. We get in this story a little bit. And understanding Jesus is coming. We've heard it, I've heard it 47 years. Jesus is coming. With the help of the Lord, I feel like the, the Holy Ghost has sent me to this sacred desk to preach to you today to stir some heart on this subject. 
Guard the flame. Guard the flame. Everybody say that with me. Guard the flame. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking that you would help me, that you would deliver through me what you have, you have put in my spirit for this hour, and that I can speak with anointing and power as you have ordained this day. Help us to receive the engrafted word of truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. You may be seated if you won't sit down on what God's about to do today. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you awake? I need you to be awake for about the next 30 minutes or less. And I promise you, I'm going to go as fast as I can and get, get the word out of me and into you. The parable gives us a word picture of 10 individuals. Ten individuals who all, according to Scripture, were virgins. They all were a part of the same, if you could say it like this, this unique sisterhood or this unique group of individuals that were gathered together. Brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever you want to call them. But they were a part of this great group of people who were all virgins. They all, everybody say all. They all had lamps. They all had lamps. So all 10, all 10 had lamps. And so that's very important that you understand that, that the qualification was met when they all had, they were all virgins And they all had lamps. And they went forth to meet the bridegroom. Okay? But the Bible says that five of the virgins were wise. And the five were foolish. And what distinguished the two groups of people were whether they had oil in their lamps. The oil was the necessary ingredient to produce a fire or produce a flame. But on this given day, on this given moment, the wise took oil in their lamps, but the foolish took no oil in their lamps. Everybody see the picture this morning. You've got 10 individuals. You've got 10 ladies that have vessels They are capable of holding the necessary ingredient to burn the flame. But five of them had oil in their lamps, and five of them did not have oil in their lamps. Everybody got it. Wise and foolish. But while the bridegroom tarried, they all slept. That means they all If I could use words like this, they all got weary in well-doing. 
They all got a little tired because uh, the bridegroom tarried his coming. Uh, Therefore, they all got sleepy. They all got a little weary. They all slumbered and slept. Uh, The wise and the foolish, so you can't magnify one above the other. Uh, But there there was something that just stood out to me when I began to read this. Is that even though the ones with oil in their lamp got tired, got weary, they slumbered and slept. They did not forget to keep oil in their lamps. The foolish took the relationship and took the task of preparation not as serious as the wise wise virgins did. And so when the bridegroom would come, they all woke up. They all got, you know, got dressed, started putting their hair together, uh, making sure their clothes was all just like they needed to be. And uh, they went out to meet the bridegroom at midnight. But when they arose from their nap, if you would, they realized, I went to sleep with no oil in my lamp. I did not know that he was coming today. I did not realize that the bridegroom was coming today. And I did not prepare for the day. I looked the part. I've got the garment on. I've got the wedding garment on. I've got the oil lamp. I've got it all. I've got it in my hand. But there's no oil in the lamp. There's no flame burning. There's no... Would you give me some of your oil? Would you let me borrow some of your oil today? Would you, would you let me borrow some? But all of the wise, I know it's been debated how wise were the wise when they didn't even have enough oil to share. But that's another story for another day. But I look at this and I begin to understand and, and realize that somewhere in the In the journey, somewhere in the relationship of preparation, these foolish virgins did not put priority on guarding the flame that was in their lamp. And then I began to reminisce that the fire or the flame or the oil always had significance throughout the whole Old Testament. When you look, Before the giving of the law, God appeared to Moses in the flame of fire within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush that was on fire, it did not burn up. And God chose the appearance of a continuous fire when calling Moses to lead the people out of Egypt to a new land. And later... And later, when God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, he appeared as a pillar of fire at night. But then came the law. Outside the tabernacle, the fire for the burnt offering was commanded to be kept burning. Never would it be extinguished. Leviticus 6 and 13 says, the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. One reason I believe, one reason for the ongoing fire was so important uh, is that it started directly by 
God. Fire came out of the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. And then I begin to ask, okay, the wise virgins, they let their oil run out. Therefore, a fire could not burn. And then I went back to the Old Testament, and I began to understand that the fire on that altar, it served as a reminder of God's power. It was a gift from heaven. No other source of fire was acceptable to God. And even today, in 2021, the fire represents God's presence. When you come into an apostolic church, you ought to feel the Holy Ghost and fire. There ought to be a fire illuminating from each and every one of us. There ought to still be tongues of fire sitting on each of us. It happened in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost and I would to God there would be something that would arise in the heart of every one of us that says I'm making a commitment to guard the flame. We cannot become just like every other organization, every other denomination that have grown cold, dried up, plucked up by the roots with no resemblance of fire. There's no resemblance of a flame. But God help us in this hour, in this day that says with everything in me, I've got to guard the flame. I said, I've got to guard the flame. I can't let the devil put my flame out. We used to sing a little song, and maybe I can get some help from the, from the Sunday school department. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. That's about the way some of y'all are. No. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Woo. Now let's go a little bit. I feel like going old school right now. That's all. Don't let Satan... Y'all ain't ready. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. I think it's a revival of the flame, the importance of the flame that can go into every heart and an understanding that the devil's trying to blow your flame out. He's trying to blow your fire out. He's trying to cause you to slumber and sleep. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. If there's ever been an attack on the church to blow the apostolic fire out, 
It's trying its best to calm us down, to cause us to think it doesn't take all of that. You don't need all that aisle running. You don't need all that hand clapping. You don't need all that leaping for joy. But I've come to guard the flame of apostolic worship. We've got to have the fire. We've got to have the flame burning. My God, we got to guard the flame. Turn to your neighbor and say, guard the flame. You got to guard the flame. We ought to get uncomfortable when we don't feel and see a fire burning. I said, we ought to get uncomfortable when we just, we, we, we just kind of, whoo, uh, what happened to the fire? What happened to the fire? What, where's the flame at around here? The Bible says that when they saw the fire, when they saw the flame, it would cause them to shout and rejoice. There ought to be something in the sight of us right here and right now when we see the wondrous works of our God that it would cause us to fall prostrate at times. It would cause us to lift our voices and cry and shout unto God because where the fire is, the presence of God is. The fire represented God's presence. Deuteronomy 4.24, the Bible says God is a consuming fire. The Shekinah glory was visible in the fire at the altar of burnt offerings. The ongoing presence of God reminded the children of Israel that salvation is of the Lord. The atonement was made at the burnt offering. And could be only made through him. In the New Testament, John the Baptist predicted, he prophesied that the Messiah would baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fire serves as a sign of judgment and refining, but it also reminds us of the Holy Ghost coming at Pentecost in the form of tongues of fire that fell. On each of them. When I look at this, can I see the continual burning, the divine fire at the altar of burnt offering? It helped remind the Israelites of the reality of God's presence and of their need for God. The sacred fire endured the 40 years in the desert. And according to historians, likely beyond that, as tabernacle worshiped until the time of King Solomon and the building of the Jewish temple, when the temple was dedicated, God once again lit the fire on the altar. May we never forget where the altar of fire and what happened to us at an altar of repentance and the fire of God set upon us and began to burn in our heart. 
May we never forget it. May we never forget where he brought us from. May we never forget where he delivered us from. What we thought we could never get victory over. The fire is a consuming fire. It's a purifying fire. It will consume. It will purify. It will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm talking about guarding the flame. We're living in a day. Let me, let, me, let me just say this. If holy men of old can keep a fire burning for over 40 years, a literal fire, if they can move it from place to place, well, I think the, the cloud's moving. Pillar of fire's moving. Well, we got to keep some of this fire going. They would get their pans and they would keep that fire going. And when they would set that tabernacle up and they would bring in that sacrifice and they would bring in that wood, they didn't have to restart the fire. They still had part of the original fire in their hands, part of the original fire in their pans. And all they would do is lay the sacrifice on. They would put fresh wood on the altar. But the fire that had lived from one generation to another generation was placed under the sacrifice. And it would consume that sacrifice. You've come too late to tell me that this Acts 2 message is dead, dried up plucked up by the roots it's some first century gospel that's not relevant to us but it's still 2,000 years old and it's still I said it's still burning it's still burning it's burning in your heart it's burning in your heart it's burning in yours They handled it. They handled it with care. We can't let this fire go out. We can't let this fire go out. They guarded that flame when they would go through the desert. They would go through the wilderness. They would go to the new temple. They never let it go out. Why? Because men would guard it. They would guard the flame. I pray to God, and I know that he has resurrected men and women in this room. But I'm praying it would be like a movement that would sweep across this church and across the airwaves today. That there would be a guardian that would rise up. There would be a fresh wave of guard that would rise up and say, I'm a protector of the flame. I'm a guardian of the flame that was once given to me. Timothy, it was in your grandma. It was in your mama, and now is in you. But Tim, you got to do some stuff. It ain't going to come easy, son, but I'm going to tell you, if you'll do this, uh, it'll, it'll do something in your life. Uh, Paul looked at Timothy and said, Paul, Timothy, it was in your, it's in your blood. It's in the bloodstream. It's in your lineage. But you've got to stir it up. In other words, what Paul was saying to Timothy, you got to guard the flame that was in grandma. You got to guard the flame that was in your mama. You got to guard the flame that God's putting in you. And every once in a while, you got to poke the. You got to stir those coals up and be reminded there's still fire in those coals. You got to poke that, you got to stir that fire. 
I watched my granddaddy they were raised on a wood burning heater and he would throw them fresh logs through the night on the fire and he'd get that old poker and stir them old coals up he'd get in there in the wee hours of the morning and it's amazing you stir them coals up a little bit there's still some fire in them coals there there's some fire in those coals it may look like it's a I feel like I'm preaching to some coals in this place today that God's getting ready to light your he's, he's getting ready to light your wood back on fire so you can understand and come to the realization there's power in guarding the flame. Let me preach to some of you first generation apostolics in this place. Maybe you're the first one in your family to ever get the Holy Ghost. Maybe you're the first one that's ever received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Water baptized in Jesus' name. Look at your life like this. I am creating a future for my children that I was not privileged to have. And with everything in me, with what's been handed... Sister Ashley, God put something in you to give to Titus. Brother Jeff, God give you something to put in the bed. Look, sitting on the front row, just come back from ladies' conference, sitting on the front row, a testimony of somebody that made their mind up. I'm going to guard the flame. I'm going to guard the flame. I wish there would be a mama. I'm talking about a single mother in this place, a single father that would stand to your feet and bump the rise of hell in your life and say, I will not let the fire go out. I will guard the flame. I preach to every mama, every mama, every daddy, every single parent, every grandparent. We better guard the flame. We better guard the moves of God. I said we better guard the moves of God. We've got too many elders leaving the scene right now. I said we got too many elders leaving the scene. I miss the prayers of Sister Hood. I miss the consistent witness of Brother and Sister Hood being here in the church. Being here 30 minutes early. Every Sunday that they were able to be here. I miss the consistent witnesses of so many elders that are under the sound of my voice. But do you know why? How an elder makes it to the elder status? Do you know? <laughs> do you know how they make it that far? Do you know how you get the age of Brother Paul and still in church? Brother and Sister Dodd, still in church. Sister Bell, still in church. And I ain't going to live with Sister Edith, still in church. Sister Linda, still in church. Sister Faye, still in church. Something happened in your life that you understood there's nothing more precious in this life but the flame, but the fire of God. Lay up treasures down here if you want to. Lay up wealth down here if you want to. But you better know I've got the flame and I'm guarding it. I'm going to preach to this young generation. Everybody 30 and under, stand to your feet right now. 30 and under, stand to your feet. If you're under 30, you stand up all over this house. Sister Lindsay, you're seated, right? Okay, yeah, you're seated. (laughs) 
You know that if we're, we're not careful, guys, I'm going right be- to hit you right between the eyes right now. Did you know you're a part of an entitled generation that wants everything for free? That wants the government to support every angle of your life and you don't have to work for nothing? You're a part of that generation whether you like it or not. And our society and our government has so bent our thinking and bent our mindset uh, till we've become so entitled. uh, And that if we're not careful, we'll creep into the church. Where we don't know what it is to sacrifice. We don't know what it is to push the plate back. We won't ever know what it is to have an all-night prayer meeting. We don't know what it is to come to church faithfully every week. We don't know what it is if we're not careful to pray until the power of God falls down. If we're not careful, we'll wake up. We've never taught a Bible study. We've never had a one-on-one discipleship with anybody. We've not won one person to God. We've not been so convinced that what we preach is the only absolute truth known to man. Our society's been so blended and so merged together, and it's like all roads lead to heaven. But I've come to tell you, we better in our generation, this 30 and under group, you better look around here. You look at some gray hairs. You look at some people who have paid the price, who have sacrificed, and we better get a burden that I've got to guard the flame. When they're gone, the flame's still going to be guarded. When they're no longer on the scene, my sacrifice will be heard and felt. Many of you don't know what it's like to give your last dollar in the offering and you don't know how you're going to eat tomorrow. We put God at the end of the list. Well, if I've got enough left over, I'll return my tithes under the storehouse. If I have enough, I'll do No, 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 no. I'm talking about a generation that grew up, and they're seated right now. They knew what it was like when the paycheck came. Baby, I don't know how millions are going to meet, but we've got to get our tithes to the storehouse this week. I've got to give sacrificially. We're in revival. I know we've been going for seven weeks, but I just feel like God told me to give our last $100 in the, in, in, in the offering. See, I've witnessed that kind of stuff. I've been raised around that. I've been raised around people that would guard the flame of revival. It didn't matter what it cost. You may be seated. Young people, we better get a fresh appreciation for what we have. You see this building right here? And I I reference this building a lot. Because this is a miracle on Main Street. But don't you ever be fooled that this building just showed up because of somebody just wished it into existence. I could take you back to 1004 Eubank Street where many who never got to see the fruition of their labor guarded the flame and prayed and believed a William Powell that would pray and walk circles around this property and give sacrificially to believe that this would happen. He's gone, but the flame's still burning. I said William Powell is gone, but the flame... I'm guarding the flame. I'm guarding the flame. 
And if I start calling names, I'll miss somebody. I never met her, but I heard the testimonies. Sister Falf. Anybody ever remember the name Sister Falf? What I've been told about her, she believed that this day would come. She gave so this day would come. She prayed so this day would come. And here we are. And if we think we're just going to casually go through until the end time and Jesus is going to come and rapture us away, we've lost our minds. If we think there's not going to have to be some sacrifice, there's not going to have to be some commitment, there's not going to be some digging deep, it's not going to be some personal disciplines in our life. Because I'm afraid there's a group that's rising and it could happen within our own very church and I would tell you, be very careful. 2 Timothy 3 and 5. The Bible said, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Don't even hang around them. Don't even, don't even entertain them. Well, well that's kind of rude, Pastor. No, no, no. When you're guarding the flame, you'll do everything possible to guard the flame. You're going to try to blow my flame out? Devil, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. You're going to try to cause me to fall and stumble or minimize sin. Rationalize sin. You better hear the word of your pastor this morning. I don't care who says it's okay. If it goes against the word of God and it's going to distract you from the will and the word, you better back up. I said, you better back up and understand there's a flame worth protecting. You better guard that flame. We're too late in the game, church. We're too late in this thing to wake up and realize I don't have to guard the flame. You can live any way you want to live. You can dress any way you want to dress. You can go anywhere. It don't matter. We better wake up and understand that the Bible gives us a clear record in, in the book of Revelation. And I read it afresh again this morning where he was diagnosing the churches in Revelation. He was pointing them out. He was calling them out. And he finally gets to one church. And he gets to that church at Laodicea. The Bible says in Revelation 3 and 14, and the angel of the church of Laodicea write, this was a church. He wasn't talking to the country club. He wasn't talking to the workplace. He wasn't talking. He was talking to a church. Say, that's me. This is the church. There were seven churches he gave reference to. I will only highlight one. These things saith the amen. In other words, these things saith the final. This is it. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. I know what you've been doing. I know what you've been doing when nobody's been looking. I know what you've been doing when you're all by yourself. I know what you're doing when mom and daddy ain't around. I know what you're doing when the youth pastor ain't around. I know what you're doing when your wife's not around or your husband's not around. I see the secret life you've been living. I see that secret life and I know thy words that thou art neither cold nor hot. And then we're introduced to a new group of people. I know thy works that thou art neither cold or hot. And I would rather you were cold or hot. But verse 16. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, 
I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest. Oh, here, here we go. Here's the diagnosis. I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. It's amazing what God, how God sees us today. It's amazing how God's interpretation of us really is. And Jesus gives Jesus gives the, it's one thing to have a diagnosis, but Jesus steps on the side of mercy and says, I'm going to give you the prescription. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that thy shame, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous thereof, therefore, and repent. Jesus was speaking to the church of Laodicea in Revelation 3. He was preaching to a group of people who no longer had a reverence and an honor and respect for the flame. They were neither hot nor cold, but they were lukewarm. They just got content in what they were doing. They got content with having church. They got content with coming to church. They got content with making money. They got content with driving good cars, living in nice houses, being, you know, in the world's economy, being successful. And, you know, they had it all. They were a part of that group of people in the Laodicea church. That when God did his diagnosis, he would look at them and deem them flawed and unworthy of the eternal reward that awaited them if they obeyed and repented. I'm afraid today, if we're not careful, we lose the guard of the flame. We get content with good talent, good music, good preaching, good organization, good buildings. And we would be deemed successful by most. Great online presence. How many views did we have this week? And we could rejoice over that. But God help us if we get caught up in the mechanics of life. If we get caught up in the mechanics of life. And we lose, we lose the honor and respect for the flame, for the anointing, for the power, for the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We will become just like every other people. Oh, give us a king. We want a king and be like all the other nations. Give us a king. We want a king. We want a king. Okay. I'll give you a king. I'll give you a king. That's what you want. But what they didn't realize was God gave them what they wanted, but they lost what they had. If we're not careful, God will give us what we want and lose what we had. Our dependence must be solely and strictly upon him. Our services must be revolving around, Brother Roy, the presence of God. 
the fire of God. We better leave and know that preacher may have been crazy. That, oh, I don't know he got old. That's praise team. My God, they sang and they leaped, they played, they joyful. Let us into the presence of God. We better cherish every moment where the Shekinah glory comes in here. And no, we can't have service and we can't have church without it. We can't have it. Because if we, if we learn to live without God, that's my greatest fear in this hour. We've got too many people learning to live without God. We've got people learning to live without the church. We've got people learning to live without the church. We better have a fresh baptism, a revelation. We need the church. We better guard the flame of worship. Guard the entity, the ecclesia, the called out ones that gather to worship him in spirit and in truth. We're too close to the coming of the Lord. Musicians come. We're too close to the coming of the Lord, church. We're too close to the rapture. We're too close from the mark of the beast. We're too close to the man of sin being revealed. We're too close. Really? Oh, it'll never. We're another couple hundred years away. We may be. But what if we're not? You don't, think we're, you don't think we're close? When on one day a national leader can stand up behind a podium and literally lock a nation down. Cause fear to run rampant into homes and into lives, into churches, into individuals. It literally paralyzed people from fear in one day. One day. We can't go to Walmart. We can't go to church. We can't do a lot of stuff. Go to grocery stores and ration. You got to wear a mask everywhere you go. Come on, that list could go on and on and on and on and on. Stock market crashes in one in just a few days. Literally goes from 30,000 points almost to below 18,000. Just like that. And you don't think tomorrow morning we could wake up and this whole thing that we have built our hopes and dreams on crashes and crumbles at our feet. You better wake up. If gas can go up in 52 days, the prices that they have gone up to, and it ain't the end's not even in sight. Oh, oh, but go on and get pacified with that $1,400 check you're going to get here in a couple days. Go ahead and get pacified with, well, it ain't going to happen today. I got my money. I'm going to the bank and going to cash it. And I'm going to cash mine too when I get it, okay? But my hope ain't in a stimulus check. I said, my hope, that's not where I'm laying up my treasure. But see, we can get so desensitized. We can get so programmed in our way of thinking that, yes, we've got the lamp, but there's no oil. We've got the lamp, but there's no fire. There's no flame. Because we've got lukewarm. We've got so complacent in our, in our religious routines. I, I believe Brother Weaver said it best in our grow class. And I'm probably going to butcher the guy. I said, I want you to write that down because I want it. We get so caught up in our uh, routines. I, I forgot what it was that he said. Man, I wanted to remember that. And I should have wrote it down myself. But you made it in such a way that it impacted me. And I'll remember it after I get done preaching. That's just the way it is. Didn't write it down. We better get this relationship with God for ourselves. 
if our hope's in government, if our hope's in a job, if our hope's in a career, if our hope is in this, our hope is in that. Oh, I, I'm going to live to be 100, okay? Keep thinking that. We better know that when we sleep at night, this is one thing that stood out to me, and I promise I'm going to close. They all slept, but it's one thing to sleep with oil in your lamp and one to sleep without it. When you lay your head down on your pillow, when you lay your head on your pillow tonight, you better know you got some oil in your lamp. I'd rather go to sleep with oil in my lamp tonight than go to sleep without it because I don't know when the bridegroom's going to come. Bridegroom. Oh, my God. I ain't got no oil in my lamp. It's going to be a sad day when a bunch of people walk to the judgment seat. I used to be in church. I used to have oil in my lamp. I used to run the aisles at the sanctuary church. I used to sing on the platform. I used to teach Sunday school. I, I used to run a bus route. I, I used to win souls, but I just let my oil run out. I used to be so much in the kingdom of God, but I just didn't put priority on guarding the flame. I let the cares of life, I let the little offenses, I let the little foxes spoil my vines. I, I got offended at the pastor. I got offended at a brother. I got offended at a sister, and it just caused me to lose out with God. And when we get there with our lamps and no oil, we get there with lamps and no oil, don't be shocked when he says, I don't even know who you are. Who are you? You don't remember me? You don't remember the miracles? You, come on, Jesus. Come on, bro. You know, I went to NAYC and, man, I, God called me to preach, but I listened to peer pressure and I, I'll never forget being in that service with that missionary and I felt the call to the mission field and I listened to the wrong voices and I married the wrong individual and I got out of church and we started doing drugs and we started partying and I just never made it back to the never made it back to church. I, I was doing so good to the pandemic hit. I was going to church, I was being faithful and I just got fearful and afraid. And I quit going to church. And I backslid. Too many fear what can happen to the body. But very few concern what can happen to the soul. I don't want to get to the judgment seat and have a lamp in my hand, but no flame burning. I don't want to get to the place where I have to hear the words, you're neither hot nor cold. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Oh, but I watch, I watch sermons every week, but you didn't forsake the assembly. You, you, didn't, you forsook the assembly of yourselves together. When you could have came, you didn't, and you let your oil go out. Or you let the flame go out, and the oil is no more. Pastor, you're preaching hard today. I'm probably not preaching hard enough. But I'm preaching hard enough to save somebody from their sins.
I'm preaching hard enough to somebody right now that your family, you may mock me after this service. You may have a conversation and, and be on Facebook while I'm preaching right now. But I'll stand in judgment. And I'll say to the Lord, God, I tried to get a generation, I tried to get a church that would guard the flame and buck the tide of resistance. My hope is not in this life. If in this life we had hope only, I would be of all men most miserable. But I've got something on the inside of me that I've got to guard. I've got to guard this flame. I've got to guard the Holy Ghost inside of me. Stand to your feet. You may say, Pastor, I've let my flame go. I'm not as on fire as I used to be. I used to do a work for God. I used to, I used to have a passion for souls. I used to do this. and I, The list could go, but I don't do that anymore. Why not? Why don't you do it? Why don't you win a soul this week? Why don't you invite I know it's not a Christian song, but I'm going to borrow the line right now because I feel it when I walked across here. I just wonder what would happen if young men and young women and elders in this church and middle-aged folks would start living like they're dying. You'll start living like today could be my last day on this earth. I don't know when the bridegroom's coming, but I got to guard the flame. I got to guard my relationship. Because we're going to face that moment of destiny. We're going to face that moment in time where God's going to pull our number. God's going to call that number. It's going to be too late to buy oil. It's going to be too late to guard the flame. But what you've done in the here and now will affect the thereafter. I just want to ask somebody. Maybe you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you want the presence of God. You want, to, you want to experience salvation today. I want you to step out of your seat and you want to come to this altar. And when you get up here, I want you to just lift your hands and I want you to repent of your sins and say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me, oh God. God, I want to walk in truth. I want to walk after your word. I want to do what's right. If you repent of your sins, we've got baptismal waters ready for you to be baptized in Jesus' name. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost today. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. Why don't you lift those hands? Why don't you lift your heart? Why don't you guard the flame? Maybe that flame has gone out. Maybe it's lukewarm. Maybe it's just a flicker. But in the Holy Ghost today, you can reignite it. You can get it burning again. And you can get on fire for God.